0: Welcome to Water & Air, the podcast trailblazing the way for senior leaders and managers in law to help create culture and capability that allows themselves and their teams to shine. Just like Water & Air, it's the ordinary that creates extraordinary results. And these things can make all the difference between thriving and failing in the world of law. Join us as we uncover and share just what these ordinary things are and how to make them work for you. By Parul Patel, powered by Fuel & Move, your career gym for lawyers. For more information, click the link in the show notes below. Get your journals ready. This episode is jam-packed full with the secrets about how to create winning team togetherness. We continue sharing insights from the Summer of Sport webinar hosted by Fuel & Move with Erin Patempa, Howard Stupp, Georgie Twig, Josh Lowe, and Mark Hunter. And in this episode, we're kicking off with Georgie sharing about how Team GB hockey went from Olympic bronze to rock bottom to Olympic champions in a single four-year cycle. Obviously, this was not a story about a lack of talented athletes. So what happened? I don't know about you, but I couldn't wait to hear about how they turned that story around so quickly.
1: Yeah, so we hit rock bottom in 2014 at the World Cup. We sort of we were the opposite of togetherness. <laughs> we we sort of imploded a bit as a team and and didn't do well. There were some sort of underlying rifts in the squad and with the coach. And so when we got back from that that World Cup, we obviously sat down as a squad. We actually employed a new psychologist, and and it took weeks of. Really, really in depth conversations around our team culture, about you know what we wanted to be as a team, we sort of thrashed out what we wanted to be our our vision, our values, and our behaviors and and those behaviors were things that we could then collectively you know buy into it and drive our daily standards and and the impact that that had was quite phenomenal because this whole squad of 31 girls had you know no matter how experienced how senior had contributed to this vision values and behaviors and it went down to every like small little detail like making sure that we all wore the same kit on each day and you know it it sort of drove our daily standards so that when we then stepped out on that pitch we knew that we'd done everything that that we could have done. And we all had this belief that that we had done everything that we could done and we're in the best possible position come come the Olympics. So yeah, we we did have quite a turnaround. <laughs> you know, who recognised that hold on?
0: Obviously when you get the results, the results that you got in the World Cup, I guess the evidence is there to say something's not going right. But you know, it depends on, like, like the leadership could have said, well, it's just a one-off event. We're still good. Brush it under the carpet and carry on. We got the gold in. In London, just more of the same let's let's push on let's just stick to what we know, but someone had to have some courage to step up right and say, "This isn't okay, we can do better. What are we going to do and really shake it up because to do anything that's against the grain and to change stuff does require a certain level of of courage, i'd say quite a high level of courage to step away yeah. and do something different. so who made the call?
1: I completely agree, and it came from the players, and you know it came from some of our we had a leadership group so they had some frustrations around the coach but then also we we sat as a team and we had some very uncomfortable and upsetting conversations around the group and you know it was sort of we basically created an open forum where we said everyone get everything off your chest let's you know let's get it all out in the open let's let's chat about it so that we can then learn from it and move forward those times are really difficult and and can be very un- uncomfortable and upsetting, but to make that change and, and to create a difference, you have to have those conversations and, and you have to be brave to, to talk up about them.
2: I think with those short conversations as well, Georgie, because we have in our sports, it's not making it personal, is it? It's, you know, how do we become the best at what we do? And my experience of when I left sport, going into the work environment, that's something people don't really like those honest conversations. That's something that people take quite personally rather than I'm trying to help you get better at what you do. Where in sport it's all geared towards okay we've got a goal we're trying to you know create as a make it a reality you know we have to buy into something we need to clear the air as you said get everything out in the open and then we can actually move forward and that's a, that's the thing for me that I've actually struggled with within the work environment that real Honesty and open communication of you know how do we get better how do we improve and I don't know if you're fan that since you've left the the world of sport and moved into the working world.
1: I completely agree, actually. And Yeah, I think as you say, because you've got this when you're within a sport environment, you've got this sort of goal, this collective aim as you say, it is very driven towards that and the conversations are orientated around that so you can have those frank and honest conversations because you all know what the end goal is. I think sometimes we shy away from those conversations in a work environment. And I think it sometimes comes from not knowing everyone as well. If you think about it in a sport environment, you you learn so much about one another. And I think that's something that I definitely think in a work environment, if, you, if we could all get to know one another even you know, on an on a even higher level, then you can have those more frank and honest conversations. And, and yeah, no, I agree, Mark. I think sometimes people shy away from that in a work environment.
0: It's interesting because I think in the work environment, we often have some very transactional based relationships. That means we miss out on those deep relationships that we we're so used to seeing in the sports environment. And you want to be part of that belonging and part of that Environment which is so safe that you can really express yourself and be exactly who you are without fear of retribution or comeback. And what I'd like to really dig into with Howard, Josh, Erin, Mark, and George jump in with your thoughts is you know, what are maybe Two or three of the small things, but we because we heard from Georgie that it was you know often it's this it's the smaller things that you do on a daily basis or the conversations. But maybe like if you could all share two or three examples of those small everyday things that help unlock the extraordinary experience that sport allows us to share.
3: Parul, if if, if I may, uh, please. I'm listening carefully to the other panelists, and and it's very fascinating. and It makes me reflect. Just a couple of quick things. I mean, Georgie was talking about, you know, sometimes when it's time to pick the team, I mean, there's obviously competition between the different players who want to make the team. But I mean, in wrestling, sometimes at the training camp, you know, you hear a yell, someone gets hurt, and you look, oh, great, he's someone in my weight class. But <laughs> But the point I want to make is, you know, you try to keep it to yourself, although I have some stories on that. But the point I'm trying to make is, in any event, the cream rises to the top. So I think they should be, told to help each other because the best ones will still come out on top, but everyone gets better. The other thing is I realized that I never thank my training partners enough. Like if you're in a law firm and you have other lawyers who maybe aren't stars like you, no one does great things alone. And sometimes we think that we're so good, but we have the help of predecessors, teammates. And I realized I should have thanked, I mean, sometimes I wondered why my training partners worked their butt off. They never made the national team and I should have thanked them more. I think sometimes HR, and after that, one more point, HR, I think sometimes they cause otherness sometimes with bonuses and things. And I'm trying to keep my team. I don't want anyone to get a big ego too big. I got to keep everyone is a teammate. They're all important. You need everyone. And I think sometimes HR doesn't help that. So, so I just wanted to add that. And the last thing that Mark said, I, it made me smile about open communication and Georgie followed also. I mean, in wrestling, I mean, the coach brings us around the mat and he just like, doesn't hold back. Like he'll tell someone you wrestled like horribly. He uses worse words. <laughs> you know? And I would try and do that at work sometimes and it didn't work out, but that's because my team may be where I wasn't, where I would like them to be. And, and, and it was said by, I don't know, Mark or Georgie or, you know, that you want people to be open, to be strong enough to accept that they have strengths and weaknesses But sometimes people are too sensitive, but it's very interesting. I think in sport, the coaches can be really tough. But in the working world, people are are very sensitive and some fragile, more fragile.
0: It's a reframing of what that feedback is. I think, Mark, we've spoken about this before when you talk about, what is it?
2: Emotional intelligence. Yeah, Yeah, emotional
0: intelligence. So the positive, critical feedback, I think.
2: Yeah. So uh, talking about emotional intelligence, you've got to understand your own emotional intelligence first before you can start implying that on other people and I think with when you're trying to collaborate and work with teams obviously with different personalities everybody has their own view of the world the way they were brought up where they were born their family their parents the way they went to school and they start to shape their view of the world in their own way each person's unique and I think a skill as a leader is to be able to articulate what you'd like people to do or how you're going to support them in different ways if I'm like talking to a child, you know, you can't just say the same thing over again because they won't listen. You have to rephrase it a different way to get potentially what you want them to do. And I think that's a, that's a huge skill that you see some leaders that are really good at, but then you see some leaders that are absolutely terrible at it because they just don't have the emotional intelligence to understand how to articulate things in a different way. And just what you were touching on, Paul, the, the kind of, you know, the positive critical feedback it comes back to it's not a personal attack you know we're trying to make you better at what you do but once again it comes to that articulation of how you articulate what you're trying to get across to someone and how they absorb feedback you've got to understand whether if you are too hard are they going to back off and shut the doors and not pay attention or do they embrace that feedback where it's hard and that they, they want it because it helps them thrive and get better so that's just that that side of things just understanding the people you're working
4: with i'd agree with mark as well what you're saying there and i think Picking up on that point that Mark and Howard made, and it, it's very different in a sporting environment. Howard talked about, you know, his coach, of having a, having a shower with him, and you know, I couldn't even begin to tell you some of the things that I've seen in changing rooms over the years. And it doesn't obviously relate to an office environment in, in that way. You would not get away with some of the stuff that went on, but it is important that openness and that being able to to get those messages across. And I think picking up what Georgie said as well, where. Where you're, you're setting those boundaries and you're setting those rules and you're you know, micro looking at everything in terms of how you can improve, what you can do, what we can do together. But it's also having those rules applicable to everybody. So it's, you can't have your star striker who scores 10 goals turn it up late every day or, you know, or your top lawyer turning up late every day because he's the top lawyer. It has to apply across the team. And when you get that, you all feel like you can pull together because you're all on the same keel, all the same rules applies to you. I think that that's incredibly important as well that, that it applies across the team and that no one is, you know, if, if Star Strike is late, he gets fired in the same way as the tea lady or the kit man, whoever it may be. So, yeah, I think that that's incredibly important
0: as well. I think we see that manifesting in the work environment when politics start to kick in, when you kind of get into that mid to senior management positions in, in the corporate world, whether that's in a law firm or or in any business, that translates into where, you know, we're all equal except some are more equal than others. <laughs> and that's where the tension builds up. But if we can start making small shifts now to embed and nurture togetherness in our teams, then maybe we can also start experiencing some of the joys of what it is to have some of the the successes and impacts that you in, enjoy in sport when you can really capture that that togetherness feeling. Every time I listen to this webinar, I hear new perspectives, new approaches. It's just an abundance of tips that we can choose to start doing right now and look forward to seeing the extraordinary consequences that follow. And that's the first theme that's called to me, an abundance mindset. If you recall from the Water and Air episode with business coach and paddleboard enthusiast Kevin Hall, speaking about how to develop an abundance mindset, the first thing to throw out is that bond with scarcity and how abundance shows up in team building is with the belief and behavior that says we can help each other bring out the best in each other, even if that means the podium doesn't have your name on it. And speaking of that person who poured into you that helped you get to the top as Howard reminisced, remember to appreciate and show gratitude to everyone who contributed to your success especially those who are often overlooked again it's not about hierarchy but about seeing and recognizing people for who they are and the unique outpouring of effort and then showing them appreciation you know one of the things that spoke to me from this is that the role of feedback or even criticism who knew it could be a power tool instead of a weapon and this is a subject that we work on in Fula Moves career gym from the preseason program and onwards. Given that feedback is a power tool, part three of the series takes a deep dive into that. So more on that next time. Then we've got mindset, gratitude, feedback, reframing. In fact, anything you do to progress starts with this next thing that called out to me. And it's awareness, awareness of yourself, of others around you and the context in which you find yourself. Again, another core area which is trained both in Fulhamu's career gym and in our Catalyzed GT immersive game training camp. And here's a quick tip for improving awareness. And forgive me if it sounds cliched, but it really does work. Journaling. Just taking five minutes at the start of your day or end of your day to reflect back on what was true for you when you were in the flow of progressive energy and when your energy was being drained away like water down a sinkhole. And finally, and this is a bit of a favorite of mine, and it's also a recurring theme in Water and Air podcast episodes. And that's the theme of clarity. And in this case, the clarity and certainty of, of shared vision, values, and behaviors, and the moral covenant that binds the team and gives it life and edge. I mean, to be honest, with this episode, I could go on and on, but I'd rather hear what you took away from this episode this time. Let us know. Share it with us. Share it with others. Try things out with your team. And if you feel like you need a little nudge, maybe come back and have another listen and notice how you pick up different aspects that perhaps didn't even register the first time. And next up, the panelists will be digging deeper into the subject of feedback, or as Mark coined it, positive critical feedback, the power tool for progress. So until then, have a great week and keep listening, sharing and inviting. Thank you for being part of the Fueler Move community. Make sure you never miss an episode release by subscribing and reviewing the podcast below. Also, leave your questions in the comments box below and we'll try and answer them in future episodes. For the latest on performance optimization for lawyers, you can visit fuelandmove.com. Looking forward to you joining us next time.